So I, I uh, posted on uh, the, I guess, the Nozomi Facebook page about that thing. And, I mean, basically they just said, go ahead and open up the, the set because whatever they end up doing, it's not going to require you to mail any discs back or anything like that. So, I mean, I had opened it maybe like a day before, but I didn't really care Like at this point. I, I assume just when that new standard set comes out, it's going to be the right, you know, or the you know, I don't know, the, the HD version with the new animation or whatever it is, but who knows? They'll probably just say, like, you get, like, you know, 10% off because you're a nice person and we fucked you over or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. To me, I don't really care because it's like, to me, this is just, like, yet another version of it. So I was kind of curious, too, because I was like, I was like, I wonder if that thing Mike's having us watch is on that set, and it's not. So I was just kind of like, I, I was just curious about that, too. Yeah, so. that would have been nice. Putting yeah, extras so. on? That's yeah, that would be no. Why would they do that, Derek? Well, I mean, I, I think I think it's a pretty nice set for what it could because you know, it comes with the the SD version comes with all the original like, hey bro, I'm Kiriyamato, you know, like the original <laughs> episodes. But it also comes with those three movie compilations too on that SD oh, that's set. Cool. So I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And then and then and then the 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 big sets are that HD thing. So it's like I think it's like the it's like three or four discs in each case or something and then the, those are the hd versions so i was like oh that's i mean you know I, I i didn't expect it to have you know character theater and all this other you know you know i don't know trailers and tv spots and all that but you know i mean that's this is pretty nice and then i guess you know i don't know i don't really care too much about the art book type stuff but i mean it's a pretty nice art book i mean it's got like all the the characters and and all that kind of stuff so i mean that's it's pretty decent neat i'm not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing mobile suits monday, monday. camille's a man's name and i'm a man uh, no carrots please mobile suit Another mobile-rific episode of 
Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your puru 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 hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I am joined by two of my fellow super deformed fanholes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike Balpin. Balpin. And this is Justin. Amarel Genki. Amarel Genki. Yeah, so this is, I guess, I guess we're calling this unofficially or officially the Gundam comedy show. We kind of, we kind of talked about this last week and we kind of wanted to do another Mobile Suit Mondays episode. And we started to end up talking about all these various sort of comedy shorts. And we, we, I think each of us sort of mentioned some things but basically, we, we all kind of decided we wanted to have some some fun humor, I guess, in in this episode. I was the one, and we'll kind of go in chronological order, but I was the one who kind of wanted to go old school. And I, I brought up the Mobile Suit Gundam Super Deformed series. And uh, we're going to be talking about Mach 1 through Mach 3. So there's a bunch of shorts to talk about there. And then Mike had mentioned the Gundam Seed Character Theater, and there are four little shorts that we'll talk about. And then in addition to that, he also brought up the Mobile Suit Gundam 00 Season 2 Trailer 2, and that also is done in, in somewhat super deformed style. So we'll we'll kind of lump that in with the Seed Character Theater. And then something that Justin mentioned that that he wanted to talk about was Gundam versus Hello Kitty. So so these are all kind of, you know, more on the lighter side of Gundam, I'd say. And so that's why we are calling this the Gundam Comedy Show. But I guess what I'll do, my plan is to sort of go through each of the various segments. And with the Gundam Mach series, like there's Mach 1 through 3, the, the series have usually a collection of episodes. So Mach 1 has about three episodes. Mach 2 has about three episodes. And it's not like super crazy. It's just, you know, usually they're about eight minutes or so. And then Mach 3 actually ends up having six episodes, but a lot of those episodes are about three minutes a piece. So it's not as intensive or crazy as you might think. So I figure we'll go into descriptions for all of those individual mocks and discuss it in between. And then we'll talk about, you know, the character theater and double O and the Gundam Hello Kitty in the same manner. So hopefully my uh, synopses that I've either semi stolen or cobbled together are going to be pretty short and sweet. And then we can talk about, you know, things that tickled our fancy or things that made us laugh and everything like that. Mobile Suit Gundam SD Gundam Mach 1 is a series of animated shorts based on the Mobile Suit Gundam series. It was first released in movie theaters in Japan in 1988 alongside Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack, and then later on VHS with an additional short. So there's episode one, Will Gundam Stand Up? And that pokes fun at key events that occur during the One Year War. Then in episode two, The Menace of Xeon Hotel, Orders for destruction of the Gundam pension. Amuro, Camille, and Judao fight over who runs the better pension when Char comes in to crash their party with his Zeon Hotel. Episode 3, SD Olympics. The stadium filled with laughs is the SD Olympics, an array of athletic events with competitors ranging from man to mobile suit. 
So yeah, this is basically a collection of short parodies from the Mobile Suit Gundam saga. And uh, this, for me, just just real quick, I mean, this is this is kind of what I remember. Like, it was funny because I know the the links I shared with you guys, like, these are pretty nice copies of the the SD shorts for Gundam Mach 1. And I, I sort of, this kind of brings back nostalgic memories of downloading stuff on dial-up for me because, like, I remember watching some of these shorts, like, and they were subtitled off of VHS tapes and stuff, so they didn't look quite as clean. And um, I actually watched some of those, like, just because I was feeling nostalgic. And I, I think kind of... Uh, maybe Justin will appreciate this, but kind of reminded me of the old school TV Nihon way of subtitling things like that. The old school subtitles were a lot more. They they tried to explain more of the word puns and yeah. things like that. And I think with this this newer kind of nicer, I guess, copy of it from like maybe Blu-ray or something like that. You know, they, they just kind of subtitled it straight. So you, you might not have as much context for for some of the wordplay and everything like that. But I'm kind of curious because I'm pretty sure you guys have both said you had never seen any of these before. Is that is that the case? You are correct, sir. No, I, I have not. And uh, are you are you mad at me for yeah, having made you check these out? Or like, what what do you think of, of at least Mach 1 so far? In regards to Mach 1, I like these quite a bit. In regards to Mark yeah. 2 and 3, we'll get to that when we get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I really like these these three little shorts. I like how, you know, the first one takes some shots at the very first episode of Gundam. And it's like, you know, I like when the, they're, like, fighting and Amro's, like, afraid of, like, using the, you know, it, the beam weapon. And then he shoots the hole in the colony and they're like, you're worse than we are. And everyone gets sucked out of his face. Yeah, I mean... It, I guess in my defense, it had been a long time since I had seen any of these. And I, I think uh, episode two, like th that was, I, th I I don't know if you'll you'll back me up or not, but that that's kind of what I remembered the most fondly and what I was thinking of. Like, I think if I had remembered the details of which episodes were which, you know, maybe I would have just said, ah, just watch, you know, just watch the first Mach one and you don't need to watch the rest or whatever. But I, I, at the time I wasn't sure like which was which and that kind of thing. And I, I think there are some funny things about Mach two and Mach three that are, are worth watching, but I, I could understand why this, because to, to me, this is the one I'm most nostalgic about. I think, I mean, the, the first episode's basically like a parody. It introduces this aspect of like, personifying like the mobile suits you yeah. know like like the, the you know the rx-78 is is kind of has a personality and then the zakus like even though even though it's like a parody in the sense that it's like it's almost reenacting like beat for beat like the first i don't know 12 minutes of the first episode of mobile suit gundam it's like this kind of parody of like oh i told you not to put too much sticky tape on your feet you know and that kind of thing like where it's you know it's supposed to be their magnetic you know boots or whatever that are clinging to the hull of the colony and stuff like that so they they, they kind of have all these different gags and you know like the stuff for me like i appreciate the whole eye catch gag like i thought that yeah. was you know i've, I've always loved because to me eye catches have always been like sort of a point of humor <laughs> for myself so it's like i appreciate that they're they're willing to make fun of their their own sort of style and everything i also liked when they couldn't bend down to like activate the 
the door lever. They were like, because their suits were like too bulky and everything, and they were like trying to like lay down and get it. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, simple stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. And I also like how like they actually get inside the colony and like the Gundam is like, <laughs> he's just like relaxing, listening to, listening to music and like getting some sun or trying to get like a tan, which which is also kind of funny because he's in a colony. It's not like he, it's not like he's getting. It's not like he's getting actual sun, and he's a mobile suit, so why does he need a tan? <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of that kind of personification humor where you, like, laugh at things because you're like, they're mobile suits. Like, what would they need with this? And then I, I kind of wonder if there's, like, a double meta meeting where, like, the Zakus are just kind of random grunts, but the RX-78, like, is, like, the star. You know, like, it's the star, and it's under, like, the 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 lamps and everything so you you know it's like it's like it's the the main character or something like that and it's getting the sun and everything so i don't know i think like after that first eye catch like for this first episode it kind of jumps into more of what i refer to as like random bits and gags and you, you know what this really reminded me of and i don't know if i i don't know how much of this you watched or not but i i know at least justin you and, and even mike you've seen the history of comics on film that i did of it but it, it kind of reminded me of the whole archie's funhouse stuff like the whole mm. you know because a lot of a lot of those episodes it's like they, they, you know, it wasn't so much like it was in the original show where it was the Archie show and there were like kind of like plots and songs and all this stuff. It was more of like a variety thing. So they had like the wacky gags where it's just like, you know, Betty's diary comes on for like two minutes and you find out what a crazy nutcase she is. <laughs> and like, you know, the, the something comes on with Jughead and he throws a pie in somebody's face or like, you know, it's like they, they it was like the, the Thunderbolt stuff where it's like, you know, da, na, 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 you know, or like the whole you can't do that on television type stuff. And it's like after after it sort of covers, you know, the first moments from the original Mobile Suit Gundam, then it kind of, you know, it kind of jumps around where it's like, OK, here's a bit with Char and the ghost of Lala, you know, <laughs> like here's here. here, And then, you know, th there's more of that personification where Lala's Elmuth has the female voice, you know, or the Big Zom or the the Za from Double Zeta. It's like the gag with all the Zeon guys is like they kind of come in, they they make a big stink and then they end up like blowing themselves up, basically <laughs> yeah. like that's. That's the gag with, with you know, or, or like the, the thing where it's like the big Zom comes in and takes out all these guys and the GM's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're just cannon fodder. And it holds up a sign saying they're cannon fodder and they know they're cannon fodder, you know, like all this kind of stuff, you know, that, that's going on and everything. And even like that, the palace Athene from Zeta comes in and blows itself up, you know, so it's like any any Zeon type suits will come in and, and make a big stink but they'll usually prove their own undoing basically i liked i liked that gag where um lala's like elmuth tried to like take the hit for char which he missed and he shot his shot char and you you got like a big the elmuth got a big like sweat drop like she's like what do i do now where do i go yeah <laughs> i like how in all, i like how in all of these lala keeps saying i can see time and Omro's like confused <laughs> yeah I like I like the there's the one bit I forget which episode it's in but where she says she can see time I think it's in the hotel thing because they're they're sitting in the pool 
and she says, I can see time. And then it just like, she's looking at the clock, you know, yeah. it's, just, like, it's just like straight up, like simple. Yeah. It's not all deep and like new tidy and introspective or anything. I also love how Camille always has like starry eyes. Like, yes. and he always yes. has like a like dreamy, like off expression. Like, yeah, then all, yeah. The girls, all the girls go live at his hotel. I'm laughing at that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, to me, I'm still like, oh, Camille's the man, you know, cause all the girls go to his hotel basically, but it's like, it's kind of hilarious too. Cause it's like, he's got that kind of starry eyed, like dreamer look. And then, and then, you know, it's like him and four have their little mm-hmm. moment, but then it's like all the girls kind of dig that. So they all, they all, you know, it's basically to me, it's like all the Gundam girls go run off to, to hang out with, with, uh, I guess at, at, uh, Camille's pension or whatever, you know, and like that's, you know, I mean, basically it's like hotel wars. I mean, they have some cool stuff with all the different like little notes in that. I mean, I, I, I would, I would say that this, the second episode, the menace of Zeon hotel, like this is prob, like I said, this is the one I'm most nostalgic about. And it's probably my favorite because it has the personified, Gundams, but they don't, they're not the main characters. It's like the main characters are all the characters that we like, but with little cutesy, like chibi versions of themselves. And and I think I also really, you know how you guys were jonesing for the Build Fighters crew to team up with the Tri crew, like that there was some sense of you wanted like everybody to hang out together. And I mean, this is the i'd say only time that you really get that with amuro camille and judah you know what i mean like like that that you literally see the three of them on screen and they're all together and they're all kind of like teamed up against you know and and, and it's funny the way it's like to me it kind of cracks me up because you've got yazan you know basically as as like shars like right hand man or something like that but it, it kind of cracks me up that like technically like they both at one side or another like it, it, it's like they they sort of were on an opposite side from the zeon at some you know what i mean like like it's like it's like if you actually about, wasn't a zeon yeah like well well then, yeah because he's he's he was he was a, a a titan right when char was with the aug but then if you look at it at at some point you know char was a zeon and then became you know head of i guess you know the as casval you know maybe even head of the neo zeon and yazan did go on to become a neo zeon so at some point they might have met but i don't know it's just it's just to me it's like a super interesting pairing because it's like something that you wouldn't necessarily imagine happening i think one of the things that made me laugh the most and this becomes a frequent gag throughout all of these is i i always laugh when the buck naked like just comes running through the room or across the screen or whatever. Like that's, that's one of my favorite gags. Like that doesn't fail to make me laugh. And like, I, I, I was wondering like, cause it's like at first, like Judao is like, he's in Porky's or something. And he goes over to watch all the girls take showers and stuff like that. And that reminded me a little bit of, you know, Ronma one half type hijinks, but also I kind of, at first I felt bad. Cause I was like, Oh crap. Like, 
Justin's going to be mad again because there's no Frau Bo in the shower. But at least a little later, there's a scene of Frau Bo in the pool playing with Emery Ounce, like with the, I don't know, the, the pool ball or whatever. So at least you got to see her in a swimsuit or whatever. I also like how whenever they've there's a dead character, they've got like little ghost squiggly yeah. things. Yes. They don't have legs. Uh, that was making me laugh. Did you notice how how drunk Haman ends up hitting Shar up the side of the head with her bottle and she says like why did you leave me yeah. and I was like I was like damn like that I, it feels like that's the only time I've ever seen that backstory like literally explored on screen you know like even though this is like a joke thing but it's like it's kind of real like where she's like god damn it why did you leave me Shar you know so uh, like all that stuff I kind of found amusing and everything or like you know, I always crack up because the gun tank's the butt of fucking jokes where it's like he's he's roasting the pig over the fire in the hotel thing. And then later on and like other other uh, SD episodes, like it's it's like selling concessions or like, I mean, it's like, I don't know, that that cracks me up because I think the gun tank's a loser. So, of course, the gun tank is going to be doing all this, you know, selling concessions and <laughs> doing goofy ass shit, like not actually being a tank, you know? And then when the Zeon come over to, like, wreck the pool party or whatever, like, they knock the pig off the roast, and then the pig ends up running away. <laughs> so he can't even do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know the, like, the name gags are kind of weird, because we don't... Uh, like, some of the the old-school translations made it a little more clear, but, like, it's that whole, like, Shiroko and Camille and my name's not Cream and, you know... I'm not a trucku or what, you know what I mean? Like it's like, or syrup, like, I don't know. They, they try to explain it and say like, Oh, well in, in Japan, like it's hard for people to pronounce Shiroko and it sounds like syrup or truck. And I'm just kind of like, no, but okay. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. Like that's something I guess I just don't, you know, like a lot of those things kind of fly over my head, but you know, I, I guess I understand it conceptually, but it, it's nothing that, you know, unfortunately, like that's it, it, I guess you, you'd have to come up with a word pun in English, you know, for it to make sense. Yeah. Like if somebody's named, you know, you know, it's like I am Dr. Shite and everybody's like, hee hee hee, your name's Dr. Shitty, you know, or, what? you know, like, I mean, it's supposed to be something like that. Right. Like, you know, or it's like, hi, I'm Dick Grayson. And everybody's like, hee Dick, you like Dick, ha ha ha, you know, and it's supposed to be like one of those kind of, you know puns or whatever but it's like we don't you know we don't have that context i guess for the language so some of that stuff might be lost to uh to uh non-japanese speakers i guess what i do want to say before we move on to the the episode three this and i, I kind of mentioned it in the beginning but this was these first two episodes were released theatrically with char's counterattack, and I feel like that's, I mean, I still think Char's Counterattack is blue cupcakes to the max and, you know, it's Tamino to the max, you know, like super nihilistic and, and pretty depressing and all that kind of stuff. And there's there's things that I love about it that's very intellectual and introspective, but also things that kind of, you know, where you're like, oh, well, you definitely have to be in a, a frame of mind to, to watch that kind of stuff. But knowing that stuff like this, like stuff that's super funny was shown alongside it and that they have all these references, like that the idea that 
you know, when they when they come to the pool party to break it up and Sharp brings out his sort of red comet Zaku and then the the suit that you know stops the the Zaku is the new Gundam and they're trying to like sort of sneakily tie in and advertise you know the new movie that you're about to see right like that's I don't know it's like I feel like that brings a sense of balance right like because you can imagine like I, I don't know th this might be a deep cut for for theater people or whatever but it's like I worked on uh, a lot of mammoth plays and one of these big monologues I had to do at the end of one was at the end of sexual perversity in Chicago but because the way that play ended they felt like it ended on such a bleak downer of a note like they wanted something else to follow it so that audiences wouldn't be so sort of like you know i don't know wiped out or whatever so the 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 monologue i ended up doing was it was like this preacher and he's talking about life and it's supposed to be a lot more semi-uplifting semi-jovial semi-reflective but like to basically to help people digest what they just watched basically and i, I feel like like ha knowing that this was released alongside char's counterattack it made me think like oh this was supposed to help char's counterattack go down better if that makes sense and then like it's almost like one of these like light bulbs where i'm like oh that's interesting like if i had seen this after the first time I watched Tars Counterattack, or even before, maybe it, it, maybe I wouldn't have been so like, dude, bro, come over here and watch this with me again. I don't understand this T-Sphere shit. What the fuck is going on? You know, like like that kind of thing. So I don't know. That was kind of my my takeaway from that. That is a that is a little odd. Almost, it's like they're they're taking the piss out of something that hasn't even like like had its moment yet. Almost, mm -hmm. but like I guess you know it. it we, you know, Japanese culture and entertainment is a little, especially movie wise, is a little different from ours. So, well, I mean, I mean, they're taking the piss out of things that that audience has already seen. But if you think about it, it's also kind of like a funny way to refresh them. Like, like if if you hadn't seen the original Gundam in a long time or any of that, like if you had seen it once, but you watched these shorts, like. In some ways, it's not like a recap, but it kind of is. You know what I mean? Like that they're, you know, they, they have that little end bit with Char and he's dressed up like Quattro and he's like, I will get vengeance in the movie that you're all about to see. You know, like, like, so it's kind of like, to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's trying to gracefully slide you in, you know, it's supposed to be like, you know, slide, slalom. You know, like whatever, like it's supposed to get you sort of in the mood, but also kind of keep things light because because they know how serious what you're about to watch is, I think. And then I guess just to finish up Mach 1, I mean, episode three is pretty simply a, a takeoff on Laugh Olympics. You know, they've got Gundams and or, or mobile suits, I guess, uh, among like human participants and they're all participating in this kind of Gundam type Olympics, you know, and it's, I mean, a lot of the humor that Justin mentioned, you know, the, the, the idea of the personified Gundam doing things that a human would do. And then you sit there and wonder like, why, you know, why does a, 
why does a Gundam need sun? You know, like that kind of thing. And that some of the, the humor comes out of that. Like the whole, I think one of my favorite bits is they're, they're in the middle of something and somebody sets off like a, I, I think it's like Zeta or double Zeta sets off a blast. And then I think, uh, Judah's sister's skirt flies up or whatever, you know, and it's this whole fan service gag or whatever. But then the, the gag upon the gag is, the the Zeong is there and the Zeong has a skirt and it's like oh my skirt doesn't flash tee hee you know it is like that that it's it, you know that's or or the whole idea that the Zeong's like I don't have any legs so then they they fire the shotgun for them to start the the race and he can't run you know like all this kind of goofy stuff so that's that's where the humor sort of comes out of that or like I think I think the one that made me laugh the most in that was the whole thing of Sela's a gymnast and all these guys are having Master Roshi nosebleeds and they're all like totally into Sela because she's like super sexy as she's doing her gymnast stuff. And then the, the perfect example of what we're talking about, the Agu comes out and it's like, now I'm going to do like my gymnast stuff. And everybody's like, you're not Sela. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Judah's kind of like, I can understand the crowd's anger, you know, like, it's like, I kind of get it. And that like totally made me bust <laughs> up because you're like, dude, I, yeah, of course, this squiddy looking Gundam is not cute. Like Sailor is like, you know, it, I guess the thing that I thought was funny about it though is so, I mean, there's other stuff like that with, uh, you know, there, there were mobile suits wearing bathing suits and all this kind of goofy shit. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Like like yeah. that that was kind of like yeah. that's another good example of what you're talking about. This 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 the humor comes from the personification of like why it's like it, the funny part to me is it's like that whole goofy Pluto thing where people are like well Goofy's not a dog but Pluto you know the people are like well Goofy has clothes and Pluto doesn't have clothes and they're, they're trying to make sense of it and their heads exploding and it's like I felt the same way because I'm sitting there going it's like the Hayaku Shiki I think is there trying to convince the girls to wear the bathing suits and they're arguing with him but then i'm like the hayaku shiki doesn't have a bathing suit but then you cut to the other i forget what suit it is but it's it's got like a bra and panties on and you're just like what the fuck like what <laughs> like so and it's like it's like there's no discrimination even the mobile suits wear wear uh you know swimsuits or whatever it's like okay whatever the, the i guess what i was going to ask you guys though is isn't the ending odd as fuck like, like, it's like they they couldn't figure out a way to end it because there's like they're just doing all this Olympic gags. You know, they've got like the the shot put with balls and the shot put with Haro and all this kind of goofy ass shit. Right. And then it's like, OK, well, we don't know how to end this. So we're just going to do a colony drop on the Olympics. So, I mean, basically, the end credits is like either everybody's like, I don't know, Warner Brothers dead or, you know, like Wild E. Coyote got a dynamite mm -hmm. stick blown up in their face. And it's like, it's funny how the colony drop is supposed to be this, you know, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about the original yeah. show every week, you know, it's supposed to be like, you know, 50 billion zillion people died in Australia and all that, you know, it's supposed to be this heavy thing that's supposed to be reminiscent of, of, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima or, you know, you know, 9-11, like whatever you want to compare it to. It's supposed to be this this weighty, you know, super serious experience. But it 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 all it it's almost like ending. It's kind of like wacky hijinks, and now nine eleven, you know, and you're just kind of like that's kind of weird, you know, <laughs> like that that I don't know. To me, it was kind of weird. 
I think at that point I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like... I can't! I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert! All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You start lead officers! Now start acting like it! Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on TwoTrueFreaks.com. I can't! All right, so I guess I will... Uh... I'll move on to Mobile Suit Gundam SD Mach 2. So, whereas uh, the previous one came out with Shars Counterattack in 88, this one is an original video animation listed as coming out June 1989. And so we've got three episodes in this as well. The Rolling Colony Affair. Every man and Gundam is planning to attend a beauty pageant featuring all the lovely Gundam girls. When Shiroko doesn't have enough money for a ticket, hijinks ensue. An eventful night at the Space Nightclub is had by all. And then original Gundam Lost Scenes, this features amusing character intros from all across the Gundam universe. And then finally, Gundam Legend, Amuro, Camille, and Judao fight the great demon lord Char in a fantasy-slash-RPG setting on a mission to rescue the princess of the kingdom from his clutches. So that's just kind of short and sweet, but basically that's what occurs in those three episodes. Yeah, I mean, the I I I will, you know, sort of agree with Justin. Like the these Mach Two and the the subsequent SD Gundams are not quite as awesome as the the first one. I'll admit that. I still think there's some stuff that's funny. Like I do like I don't know. It's weird. It's like it's funny how. At least this rolling colony affair. I mean, it certainly gets, I don't know, more raunchy, I guess, like, like, than you would expect, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Like, because it's like basically this is the introduction of the whole Bulpin thing. Because you got all these, you know, it's like all the Gundam girls come out and like some sort of beauty pageant and they're all dancing and they're like, Bulpin, Bulpin, Bulpin. And then later that becomes like the gag or whatever, where everybody says it and falls over like idiots, right? Like, so, but, but like, there's, it's like, you know, double Zetas telling all the girls, like, take off your clothes or whatever, you know, like, and it's just kind of like, again, I guess that's, that's again, back to this whole idea of he's personified, right? But it's funny, he's personified as like a, a, a sort of lecture, right? Like, so it's like, why, what, why, why does double Zeta need naked chicks? You know, <laughs> that's the question, right? Like, what's, and he's going after, you know, a Peru who's actually like naked, like, and she's like a naked ghost to top it all off with all this wackiness that, uh, 
Justin is bringing up, you know, like the whole she's got the little squiggles and is is uh, is a naked ghost or whatever. I appreciated the whole bit between Shiroko and New Gundam where he keeps calling him Oji-san and then New Gundam's like, who's the Oji-san now, motherfucker? You know, like, and I was like, okay, that's like me and Tony with you guys. Like, <laughs> you guys are Shiroko in that equation and we're New Gundam. We're like, who's the Oji-san now? You know? And then again, the ending is like totally left field out of nowhere. It's like they all turn into Planet of the fucking Apes or something. I Yeah, I don't know what's... What's going on there? Oh, but, I think uh, that was supposed to be like 2001 A Space Oddity kind of Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, this is where I kind of like started well, cause, to... Because the Statue of Liberty was 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 in the in the ground, just like uh, the end of Planet of the Apes, though. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, maybe, maybe it's both or something. I think it's, it's supposed both. To be all those things, right? Yeah, because you know, like in two thousand one, like the ape throws the bone up, and it like yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a huge, the biggest jump cut at all. The bone turns into like a little satellite in space. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god. Yes. But yeah, this this is kind of where like the funny started to wear off for me. Yeah, yeah. I think what did it was all the like all the Sirocco stuff, like minus the new Gundam stuff. Like, I I kind of like all the new Gundam stuff where he like showed up and was you know, the new cool kid on the block or whatever, but, like, Sirocco and, you know, he's, he's trying to get in, he doesn't have money, and he keeps going to Bright, and Bright keeps, like, ignoring him inadvertently, and then he goes and he sells binoculars and he loses his money, and it's, I don't know, I just felt like it was kind of like the same two or three gags over and over, mm. and, I, and I started to go, like, mm. I mean, I, I think I think the, the thing that I thought was the most funny is, and, and probably this might be a relic of old asswipe fan subs because i don't know if he's really saying this or not but i did love the bit where char goes dumbass why should i give money to some freeloader you know like <laughs> you know and i thought that was kind of funny i also think uh bright as like the bouncer was kind of like perfect like a perfect role for him almost <laughs> like like no like it is my like sworn duty to defend this peep show mm -hmm. and like you will not get in like let you in for free get out of here cheapskate yeah but the actual like the actual like peep show stuff was a little weird like yeah it's like why is yeah why is double zeta like raging like pervert like <laughs> <laughs> take, take it off <laughs> you want to make it in this town kid take off your clothes what happened to you double zeta you used to be cool it's the fucking harvey weinstein gun <laughs> oh, yeah i know it is that bad it's, it's like judo uh, has to like restrain him and shit uh, oh man <laughs> The, the second one, again, I, I think it's an entire three minutes of word puns that I don't get, so I can understand why that wouldn't be. I mean, unless you guys understand it any more than I do, but, I mean, I, I get it. They're introducing all the various characters, you know, a, a Gundam deaths. Oh, that that's another thing that that I should bring up. The, the, in the hotel episode, the one that, that uh, apparently uh, you guys love like I do, the, the, I think the other funny-ass gag is when basically everybody shows up and goes to Camille's Judah doesn't have anybody. And then Matilda shows up at the end and stays at Amaro's hotel. Oh. And then, and then, and then it's like, it's like, he thinks it's just Matilda. He's like, Matilda! 
Anderson. And it's like, Woody this, you know? And it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. Woody keeps showing up, and that's the gag. Like, he keeps showing Woody. up and going, Woody this. I did like right? that, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's like, basically the only, like, like in the, in the introduction to this original law scenes, it's like all the Gundams are like, I'm, you know, RX-78 this, and I'm... I'm Mach 2 Des and I'm Zeta Des or you know, like whatever. So so they kind of do that whole same, you know, introduction or whatever. But yeah. So but I mean, other than that, I mean it's like a lot of the wordplay and w- whatever they were trying to make puns of, like completely flew over my head. So I don't I don't have too much on on the original Gundam Law scenes segment. Woody should have been like, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> Snake Des. So Gundam Legend, this is that whole fantasy RPG setting thing. I think this is them flirting with the Sengoku stuff maybe a little bit, but this is more, I don't know, to me this is felt like, you know, kind of like this whole Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings type fellowship quest. They all go on the quest. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, what, I guess they're all supposed to be archetypes, right? Like, like, Amuro's what the ranger and Camille's the wizard and I don't know what the fuck Judah's supposed to be but you know like they're 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 supposed to be like that kind of deal. He was like the the thief or like yeah yeah the rogue or something the 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 ranger I don't know whatever it is yeah the the one thing I thought maybe Justin might appreciate was when when Camille gets placed inside the mini like super deformed white base I was kind of like oh look Camille's like Captain Pike doing the boops and the beeps and shit you know <laughs> like that's kind of what I thought of they 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 again use that same gag with Sela you know skating and then the Dom skates and is all pissed off that everybody you know finds Sela uh, attractive and not the Dom and again all of these end with really odd stuff because basically it's the ending of the crying game because the princess they're saving turns out to be a dude i guess and that's the end of the the thing i didn't make it to the end i kind of pulled a a Ah. eric i kind of like nodded off (laughs) okay okay no no that's fair that's fair but i did see like the first i don't know few minutes like i think the last thing i remember was like they were like racing up the mountain and then like they were putting the you know, the coins and the thing and getting up like the little capsule of the Gundams. And I kind of remember like most of that. <laughs> After that, it gets kind of fuzzy. Yeah, I, I started to zone out a little bit too. Okay. Like, at this point. I, I'm glad I, that makes me feel better. I'm like, I'm glad I'm not alone in this because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a party pooper on this episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I guess, like I said, in hindsight, if I had remembered these in more detail, I might have tried to save you from some of the the lesser. I, I probably should have just had you watch. I, I think originally when I thought Mach one through three, I thought it was like the three shorts in Mach one, and then when I was looking at it, I was like, oh fuck, this is like all of them. And I go, I I don't know that I meant to do this, but you know whatever. It gives it gives you guys a good idea of the whole thing. It's it's interesting because I guess the the one thing we didn't watch was. Um, they had like the SD Gundam counterattack, and that takes place in between Mach Two and Mach Three, and those are only two shorts. the The first short, just for context, is like it's kind of like uh, DC Superhero Girls, if you've ever seen that. It's like oh. it's like the Zeon all are at their own school, 
and and it's like the super popular cool kids school or whatever where it's like Hammond's going out with Char or like I, I I read I think on another page somebody compared it to like uh, if the Xeon were mean girls basically mm -hmm. or whatever or Heathers or something you know what I mean like something like where they're the Xeon are the popular kids at this school and and like Amaro Camille and um, Judao they're like um, they're like Japanese biker kids. Like, so they're, like, the bad boys, and they come in and mess up the dance and everything. And, like, the gag is, like, Camille keeps interrupting, like, because it's supposed to be, like, the school dance where, like, the Xeon guys are, like, on one side of the dance floor, and all the, the cute Gundam girls are on the other side of the dance floor, and they're supposed to, like, you know, mingle and ask the girl they want to dance and, and all that stuff. But it's, like, Camille keeps interrupting because he's, like, the bad boy, and he keeps going, no, 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 you can't go out with this girl. And and then and then he just looks her in the eyes and is like, yeah, or what you know, it's like it's some goofy joke where everybody falls over and it's like he's not as cool as as you would think, but it's like he keeps interrupting like every dude from like he's basically like blue ballsing like the entire Xeon school or whatever. Anyway, there there's there's all that kind of wackiness that goes on with that. And then the second one is like the first Sengoku thing. It's the first time they, they finally said, oh, we're just going to do personified Sengoku era Gundams that kind of go off and have adventures or whatever. And like, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll get into this, but the, the, the Mach 3, there's, there's still a, a carryover from some of these other mocks where it's just the, the SD chibi personifications of all the characters. And that one is called Mysteries of Space, an Epic Battle. And essentially, this is space pirate Char and his crew of lowly con babes aboard the Psycho Gundam Mark II. And they're on the lookout to collect all the mysteries of the universe. But the space rangers of the ship Argama are hot on their trail and aim to put an end to Char's collecting days. So, I mean, this is this is my avatar, by the way. And this is, I, I finally started figuring stuff out. Because at first I was like, oh, I know this is referencing shit, but I don't know that I know what it's referencing. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, Char's, it's like Space Thief Char, I think is what they call him in the translation. And I'm like, oh, I get it. He's like, he's trying to be Harlock, right? Like, because he's on his own ship and he's got all these these babes around him and everything. And then the other thing I managed to figure out was, and I, I was like, who is Haman dressed as? And I realized, you know who it is? It's the, the have you ever, I think Justin's seen this. You know the Daikon 4 short, like the Studio Gainax short? Uh-huh. Like, she's dressed up as the little bunny chick from that short that fights, like, Darth Vader and all those, mm -hmm. you know, jumps around and does all that shit in that little short. So I was like, and, and, and after that, like, I'm totally lost. Like, I, I don't know if you... That I was actually going to ask you guys, like, because I was like, D do you know, like, because I'm sure Bright and Amaro and Camille and Judao and Chris and even Degwin Zabi, I'm sure they were dressed as something I was supposed to know, but I, I don't know. I don't know who they were supposed to be. Okay, this is the part where I am a party pooper. I didn't watch any of Mark III. Uh, okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. No, actually, you know what? It's probably good that you didn't, because, well, except for that first part. I'd watch the first part, just because that one's still kind of funny, I think. But that, uh, 
Yeah, I I was gonna say like I actually there were I I paid attention to this one because it did start to make me laugh like when they were trying to get out of the black hole and Amaro and like Bright and Chris were all running on the treadmill to like get out of the black hole like yeah, that yeah, yeah. part made me laugh but um the the only I guess the only thing I really took note of though like a, a, a like you know otherwise and that was that like you know Chris was in it. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, 0080 must have just come out. So she was like the hot new thing, like at that yeah. time, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I know I would make everybody angry today, but I, I did think that bit is funny where they're like, okay, we're the Space Rangers and we do all this important Space Ranger stuff. And then Chris comes out and she's like, I did the laundry. And everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. And they fall over or whatever. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, and, and, and I was like, but I'm, I was like, for sure. I thought like, I don't know. See, I, I guess we need somebody who's more versed in anime that, that actually watched the episode neener, neener to tell us that, um, <laughs> tell us what these guys were dressed up as. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe Camille. I mean, I don't know. This is a stretch, but I was like, Maybe Camille was dressed up like fucking Felicia from Darkstalkers. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. And, no, and that, that predates Dark Darkstalkers. I think. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Then, then I have no. Yeah, then, then there must be some other cat, green-haired thing that that Camille is dressed up mm. as or whatever. Yeah, I, didn't I couldn't get any I, other references. I, yeah, really. I, I, I couldn't figure out what that was. So, and again, I totally don't blame you. See, I, I was trying to be fair, because I know, I know, like, especially you and Mike, you enjoy the the model building, you enjoy the, you know, and even Tony, like, you, you, you guys all love the mobile suits, and you always, you know, it's even when you guys are talking about Star Trek, you go into the, the ships and the class and all this other stuff, and it's like, I always feel like I'm a party pooper when it comes to stuff like that, because... I care more about, you know, Camille and Amaro and Judao or whatever. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, I, I pay attention to, like, the main suit name. But I'm always, like, struggling to, unless I write it down, I'm, like, struggling. I'm, like, who is this? The Zagak? What is this? The Zeong? Like, what? who is this? The the Kubli? Like, who, you know, what, what, what suit is this? What does it look like? Like, all that kind of stuff. And I have to write notes for myself and shit. So... When it came to having five chapters of this whole, you know, Sengoku era Gundam thing, I mean, th this is this is the the missing link between Super Defender Mach One that we watched and the Superior Defender Gundam Force stuff that we got in the states. You know what I mean? Like, like they're all kind of, I don't know, some kind of, yeah, you know. Uh, that, I guess. that must be why I completely tuned out on it because yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, I no, never no. really yeah. cared for that stuff. Yeah, and and it and it's exactly like that. I mean, just just to give, I'll just give the quick because there's five chapters set in the original SD Gundam Sengokuden world, the Gundam Band of Five, Musha, Mach Two, Zeta, Double Zeta, and New Gundam confront the Army of Darkness, Zakudo, and the Zaku Band of Three, Kozaku, Kanzaku, and Shinzaku. In between the confrontations, this is probably the only thing worthwhile about the whole five chapters. Inspired by the Sengoku period of Japan, a lone ninja, Omitsu Gundam, is tasked with discovering the identity of the Daishogun. So, and I mean, you know, th this is less humor and more like baby shit 
action adventure for kids. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's my take on it. And see, I didn't, I, I, I was, I, I was trying to be like, well, maybe you guys like the mobile suits and maybe this is something that you might like, but I, I think you're confirming like you guys don't like this any more than I do. I mean, at least this, this turn in the nah, SD not, gun not, stuff. Not exactly. Yeah. 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 It okay. didn't, like I, I was like, I did watch them, but I don't remember a thing about them. Like I kind of, I completely kind of zoned out. No, that's fine. There's not there's not too much that's memorable about it. I mean, I I, I will go to bat for Omitsu Gundam because he's like the ninja among samurai, you know. So like there there was kind of like funny gags with ninja stuff where he fails and he does like the ninja banish stuff and leaves a tree log in his place instead of him because he he's running off and doing a bunch of stupid shit, you know. But other than that, like yeah, I don't. I mean, it, it, to me, this seemed like it was definitely an excuse to sell you know toys and models in an sd mode you know like that's that's kind of how i took it basically so again just just to wrap up i guess with the the mock stuff i mean i love the the mock one stuff i think there's fun stuff about mock two apparently there were five of these but i don't think they're all subtitled so and i don't know how much like i i don't know if after this point it just devolved more into the Sengoku stuff like I know there's one in Mach 4 that's like the wacky races version of Gundam just like they had the <laughs> Laugh Olympics and see that sounds cool uh -huh. but then when I looked at it the problem was it was mostly personified Gundams in cars which I guess goes back to your whole what does a Gundam need with a car right yeah. like and so there's that funniness to it but I think when it, it's like that disappointment I had with like dude the DBZ guys go to hell and fight all their old bad guys. And it was like, when I saw the tournament filler episodes with, uh, what's his face? Like a uh, fake Piccolo, like that. Yeah. That, that I was super disappointed with. Yeah. And I actually liked the, the GT stuff better. Cause I was like, Oh, they actually fought like dead Frieza and dead cell. And you know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of what I was expecting when they went to hell to fight, like the, 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 the dead versions of their old enemies. And I guess to, to translate that into this, when I hear wacky races, I was desperately hoping, you know, like Camille and Amaro and Char and Judao and Chris and whoever would have their own wacky cars and, and it'd be like crazy hijinks would ensue. And I, I don't think that's what happens. So I, I think... I think some of the luster, the further you go, is is probably lost. I touch! It's time for some thrilling heroics. A brand new podcast on 2TrueFreaks.com. Keep flying. A Firefly podcast. We aim to do the impossible. Cover every episode of Joss Whedon's science fiction space opera western. And that makes us mighty. We found as fine a crew as ever populated the podcasting verse. I told them I had a job. They said yes. Didn't much care what it was. So join me, Andrew Leyland. I fought for the independence. May have been the losing side. Not so sure it was the wrong one. I'm joined by a man too pretty to die, Mr. Paul Spataro. And last, but by no means least, a man with a mighty fine hat, Shepard Bill Robinson. So join us on 2TrueFreaks.com for Keep Flying. A Firefly podcast. We aim to misbehave.
Let's go on to Mike's pick. This is the Gundam Seed Character Theater. And these are special comedy shorts that run about four minutes long. There's four of them. And they're based on the series Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny. And they were released on home video as Seed Supernova fan discs in 2007. And these came out originally June 22nd, 2007. The first two shorts feature the original Seed cast and showcase the many efforts of Izek, who tries in vain to reclaim his honor from Athrin Zala. The first short sees Izek going to absurd lengths to learn how to invoke seed mode, while the second short sees Izak and Dirka in a volleyball match against Athrin and Kira. The third and fourth shorts feature the Minerva team being sent back in time by Gil in an attempt to disrupt key events of the seed era. Of course, hilarity ensues when rather than disrupt the friendship and love between Kira and Athrin or Kira and Lacus Klein, it actually increases their bonds. So that's kind of a dry read of, of what happens here. But these are I, I thought these were pretty hilarious for, for you know, the, the short, the, you know, few minutes that they they uh, are on the screen. Yeah, like I, I really liked these when they first came out, and I feel like, like if you if you do not know, like I, I once upon a time I wrote a huge like parody like rewrite of Gundam Seed Destiny, and I feel like these things like almost stole my characterizations of like like Isaac and Diarca and like you know just the general like tones of them like I, I don't think they actually stole them but I'm like yeah that's kind of how I see like those sets of characters too like I always had like Isaac and Diarca as a pair who were always like on the outside looking in and like they were always trying to like you know get with the like A-list cast and stuff and they never could so like I, I always kind of appreciated these and I thought they were pretty well they were both pretty hilarious I mean I think Isaac and Diarca are probably my favorite characters from Seed. So, like, I, I appreciated, like, this kind of mini spotlight on them. The first episode, I liked all the wacky stuff Isaac was doing to Diarca to try and activate his Seed. And he, he eventually <laughs> just throws him off the cliff. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, like how he's like oh, I don't I don't feel bad about that at all. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah that that was the least. Yeah, I I also like like the the title like the title was like a Japanese like pun or whatever where it's like uh, it's it's supposed to be seed but it's like the word the Japanese word for like jealousy or something like it, it was some kind of pun that only works in Japanese like we were talking about but like like Diarca like looks at the title and he's like dude that's like a dad joke like that's an old man joke or whatever like <laughs> Oji-san. yeah Oji-san. yeah so. you know what made me laugh now especially you know having having been with a puppy recently in these last uh five or six years is I, I, I love the scene where Lacus is like, puppy, why are you barking? For what purpose? And I was like, you, you've never owned a puppy, obviously. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I liked all four of these. Like, all four of these made me laugh. I liked how the third and fourth episodes were, like, they shifted over to Sea Destiny, and you got to see, like, Shin and those guys, like, <laughs> up to hijinks. And something I thought was funny, you know, I watched these on YouTube, and there were, like, a whole bunch of people who commented, and they're like, Dude, Shin gets treated so much better in these than actual Destiny. <laughs> then I just laugh. Well, it's like the thing. The thing. Sorry, the thing that made me laugh the most was when um they're gonna go destroy uh Birdie, 
And you see it, it's like, you know, Kira's playing with Birdie, and then it's like they're going, you know, Shin's like, uh, okay, I'm going to do this. And then, like, you hear, like, you know, Birdie, or it's like, you know, it's Tori in Japanese, right? Tori! And then it gets closer and closer, and it's this huge, like, Mothra-looking thing, and it's like, Tori! I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> uh, that got the biggest slap out of me. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, dude, like, Shin still has his fan aura, because he's the one who headbutts uh, Birdie or Tori or whatever. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, Shin, that's cool. Shin does his... Shin does his signature move of screaming and running headlong into something, yeah. But, yeah, no, I like I, I like it because, like I said, there's always that air of, like, man, like, like uh, maybe, like, you know, in the first seed, like, you were kind of, like, rooting for Kara and Atherin and, like, Lacus and Kagali or whatever, but, like, by Destiny, you're kind of, like, like Shin and those guys are like the underdogs and you're kind of like rooting for them instead, basically. And you think those other people are all like, you know, a bunch of hoity toity duty heads or whatever. So, well, yeah, yeah. Like, like that, that's, that's the stuff that's funny. Like when, when Kira's con- constantly crying in the volleyball match for like no fucking reason and shit. <laughs> like, or like my, my favorite is like, they only have like, they have like zero points in the volleyball match. But I love how the fucking stinky foot knocks out Kira and Atherin and they get like 49 fucking points. And there's that little there's that little note where it's like, I stepped on dog crap earlier, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's just like it's like I I guess and I'm not trying to be a party pooper, like I laughed at things in all four shorts, but I, I feel like the the this also expertly within four like short, you know episodes basically of of like you know whatever like four minutes a piece it's like it it echoes my feelings about the entire two series it's like the first two shorts i'm like oh super hilarious like i really like these these are really funny the the three and four they're still funny but they're not as good as the first two shorts you know what i mean like like it's like (laughs) one of those things where i'm like you know what i still like seed better than seed destiny even when when it's like comical or whatever. And then the other part, like I'm going to get into trouble for this, but I don't fucking care. Dude, Kira and Atherin in that third short are like so fucking gay for each other. Like at the end where it's like, Kira, yeah, and then, Atherin, Kira. Kira. When they're rubbing up against each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like so fucking funny because it's like they're just like, and that that's that's the funny part is they're like trying to disrupt their relationships, right? Like they're trying to like sabotage them in the past, and then it's like they they end up making their relationship like more solid than it was before they came there in the first place. So it's like super funny. I two bits that made me laugh in that third one were when they they land in the past and like when they land like Ray Luna and Shen they're like like Zaku goof dumb like and they land <laughs> and then um, the other part is when like Ray takes like a call from Mayrin like and Luna and Shen are like you can take phone calls in the past like awesome like <laughs> <laughs> like cell phone reception works in the past. And then no matter what, Marin's computer keeps blowing up in her face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fourth one, like, I don't know, it, it it just made me laugh where, like, Shin's like, okay, I can't go backwards, I can't go forwards. So he just puts on Lacus's dress, and then he ends up singing, like, 100 of her songs. He gets so <laughs> into it. <laughs> and then... Yeah, uh, Shin, 
Shin joins the 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 proud ranks of Judao and Lauren <laughs> and Gundam protagonist cross dressing. Cross dressing. Yeah. You, you know what? I, you know what I thought was funny about that was when he's in the dress on stage, but then he starts like taking out like everybody on stage with his big giant Seed Destiny sword. I was like, oh, see, this is why this is why I still like this because it's like it's 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 right up to that perfect 12th episode where he takes out the ship like that's what that was right like in in joke form right like where he just takes out that entire fleet and the sea destiny was still cool back then you're still cool no no it's also <laughs> no it's also hilarious about that scene is like when he's wrecking up the set that one like orb officer who like he killed like in the series runs out on stage and gets crushed by like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what would have made that funny if he came out before he died he said woody dis <laughs> woody dis <laughs> woody dis oh I like how fucking armor i was like envisioning the the matilda's ship blowing up when they first say that it's so fucking dark <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to help me on this next one mike because because i couldn't find nearly anything on it this double o trailer like because i assume it's like a funny trailer and that's that's why but but was it i mean because the release date of the youtube video you sent us was 2012 but uh, am i wrong like did this come out in like what 2009 2008 yeah in between seasons of double o yeah and ba- basically, all I have for the synopsis is a wacky preview trailer of Gundam 00 Season Two with chibi-style hijinks. I mean, that's that's yeah. basically what happens, right? This, yeah, this one's always cracked me up too, just because you know it's it's completely ridiculous. Like it 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 it's funny because it like the things it says are ridiculous, but they all sort of happen eventually, like in a way, like. Like, it says, like, you know, Setsuna transforms, like, and he kind of does, like, become, like, you know, an innovator. But, the, you know, in the trailer, he's like, Setsuna becomes a Gundam. And he, it's like, and the, the kanji next to his name reads, like, Setsuna F-Exia, like, instead. And then... Uh, <laughs> like, he's like, no, I was a Gundam. <laughs> and then, um, what is it? It's like, it's, it's like, Tieria is a robot. And, like, you know, he is, like, sort of an artificial, like, life form. So, and it's like, Lock-On returns from the dead. And it's like, well, he, he his twin brother comes. Brother does, you know, back. Yeah. I liked how, like, Tieria's head gets knocked off and replaced with the horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, and then they're like, uh, it's like, Hallelujah's, like, third personality. Like, Yalleluja. And he's a little baby. And I'm like, yeah, Hallelujah <laughs> did become a little baby in the second season. Yeah. And then like like later, and then it's like an even more like tragedies will befall them. And it's like an alien race like invades. And I'm like, that's the movie, like kinda like kinda, yeah. There, there wasn't any giant space flower, but yeah. And it it gets like increasing increasingly weirder. Like it's well, it's like, you know, it's like an alien army will evade. And then, like, there's this, like, Japanese guy giving the narration where he's like, amazing! Like, <laughs> I like how, the, what was it, Tieria? I forget who it is that's, like, crying over the fucking DVD sales or whatever. Yeah. Like, DVD, DVD, oh, yeah, DVD. Hallelujah is. He's like, yeah. the sales, the sales, the sales. You no, know it was funny. It's like... Like Tieria and like Setsuna like are like marry me like okay like and and Tieria's like does it matter that I'm a robot and Setsuna's like I'm well I'm a Gundam myself like 
And then that's like after that, like Hallelujah is like the ratings, the ratings, the ratings. So like <laughs> even back then, they knew that if you go woke, you go broke. Like so. <laughs> the sales, the sales. And then like Lockon's ghost is like I, I forgot he's like uh, hamburger Janai, like this is chicken rice or something like. Yeah, that all that stuff was kind of funny. It's like that. That's it's funny because that stuff. I mean, this is like what, like a two or three minute. It's not very long, but like they cram so much funny stuff into it. I think it made me laugh when I first saw it. And like I said, if you kind of like reason it out, yeah, it's like yeah. those things that they joke about all kind of happen. Yeah, like, they all kind of do. Man, that just makes me want them to subtitle that uh, stage show so bad. Yeah, really. Huh? <laughs> and th- I guess they said they planned like a second one for like this year, but I don't know if it uh, actually ever like went off because of yeah, all of COVID, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it might not or might not. Be and then there, there's like a there's also like a, a live voice actor drama like that's like a sequel to like the movie, oh, or whatever, okay. like they do it like. I know they they there there is a torrent of it. I don't think it's been subbed or anything, but that's like the whole like Justin. You remember like all that like Graham comes back to life stuff and like mm. like he gets like a yeah like I guess that's that story. Is it just the cast like performing a script in front of like a huge audience? Yeah, it's something like I, that. That must be something fairly common over there because I've watched several of those for Gintama. And, like, I mean, that kind of thing over here probably wouldn't go over very well. It's like, oh, boy, we're going to see, like, the cast of, I don't know, Rick and Morty perform something live. And it's like, you know, a sellout huge hit, you know, hundreds of thousands of people or whatever. But, like, like the Gintama live reading, it's like it's like you've got all your voice actors, per, you know, they're reading their script and performing it in front of a audience and like the audience is like super into it and laughing at everything and everyone's like having a good time like they're they're they were a lot of fun to watch that and it was also kind of fascinating to see to see like the actual voice actors performing in person and in front of like a huge audience like i, I don't know it was it, like it was fascinating and it was also like you know hilarious at the same time but i see how they they they've been they had been trying to do that at cons at panels or even in some of these virtual things where they're like we're gonna have you know peter cullen and whoever read the script or like have you ever heard um i'm I'm trying to remember i think like you know the uh, lamarche you know like the pinky and the brain guys they they would read like like pulp fiction scripts and stuff as Pinky and the Brain, where it's like... That's something about you never thought you were going to laugh, Marseille. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the hash bars. What do you want to know? Well, hash is legal there, right? Yeah, it's legal, but it ain't 100% legal. I mean, you can't walk into a restaurant, roll a joint, and start puffing away. You're only supposed to smoke in your home in certain designated places. This is the end, my friend. <laughs> Those are hash bars? Yeah, it breaks down like this. It's, it's legal to buy it, it's legal to own it, and if you're the proprietor of a hash bar, it's legal to sell it. It's legal to carry it, which doesn't really matter, because get a load of this, if the cops stop you, it's illegal for them to search you. Searching you is a right that the cops in Amsterdam don't have. Ooh, that did it, Brian, I'm freaking going! <laughs> 
That's all there is to it, Marv. <laughs> oh, you'll dig, you'll dig it the most, Pinky. But you know what the funniest thing about Europe is? What? It's the little differences. A lot of the same shit we got here, they got there, but I've already said shit once. So. <laughs> You've heard it, you can't unhear it. <laughs> a lot of the same shit we've got here, they've got there, but there, they're a little different. Examples? Okay, well, okay. In Amsterdam, you can buy beer in a movie theater. Ooh. I don't mean in a paper cup either. They give you a glass of beer like in a bar. In Paris, you can buy beer at McDonald's. Also, you know what they call a quarter pounder of cheese in Paris? Gérard Depardieu? <laughs> they, they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? No, no, because they've got the metric system there. They wouldn't know what the frick of quarter pounder is. Saved it for you. <laughs> well, what, what did they call it? It's called Royale with cheese. Oh, Royale with cheese. What do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Oh, Le Big Mac. What do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go into a Burger King. <laughs> But you know what they put on French fries in Holland instead of ketchup? What? Mayonnaise. God damn! I've seen them do it. <laughs> and I don't mean a little bit on the side of the plate. They fucking drown them in it. <laughs> yep. What, you know, they, they did stuff like that. And he was, he was desperately trying not to curse because... Because, you know, it was like, yeah. you know, kids were in the audience. And, and so it was like he was trying to, like, you know, you know oh, fudge this. Or, you know, like cause the Tarantino script had a bunch of, you know, F-words in it and all that other stuff. But occasionally, every once in a while, he'd let one slip. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, or whatever. But, like, I, I remember seeing things like that. And I imagine it's it's like a similar vibe and feeling. Yeah, I, I know they do similar things at the the Dark Shadows convention that they have every year where you've got, you know, whatever surviving cast members, they'll sometimes get up and they'll perform a anywhere from five to 20 minute script for the audience. But usually they'll also record it and release it as an MP3 like later on. Yeah, it's it's definitely like I could see it if, if it was like the cast of The Simpsons or something over here mm, or something. That, but yeah. like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like something. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something like that would have like many legs otherwise, like over yeah. here. Like Either that or it would have to be like super niche, right? Like, yeah, you know, Transformers Prime cast read, you know, or Transformers animated cast read like season four scripts that we never got to see. Or, you know what I mean? And everybody like freaks out about it or whatever. You know? well, that, maybe, that, maybe, that yeah. maybe someday someone will sub that Gundam 00 like stage show and we can talk about it. But yeah, if, if you're listening, please, please fans of that. That'd be super awesome. Or hey, so, do, a, do an official release of it. But that'll never happen. Well, yeah, we can hope. I mean, I was sitting there. I know, I know. Uh, especially with Mach two and Mach three, you guys will throw tomatoes. Um, but uh, I, I, I would like to see some of these like humorous things get released by uh, Right Stuff. You know, like if they did a, an SD Gundam, you know, classic set or whatever they would call it. You know what I mean? Like I would, yeah. I would be into having these like on, uh, you know, home video and stuff. Hey! 
Tell me his name again. Thanos. I think I shall call him Adam. But return to me again empty-handed, and I will bathe the starways in your blood. Thanks, Dad. Sounds fair. Korvac's power grows, as does his madness. He would have destroyed us all, had I not pulled us into the Soul Gem. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. After Xandar, you were going to kill my father? You dare to oppose me? You see what he has turned me into? You kill him, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. It's all right, Adam. We're here to help. Just stay cool. Ugh! I don't want to be here! Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Five years and going strong. Every other week, mostly. For all of your Adam Warlock, Thanos, or Marvel Cosmic needs. Find it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com Adam Warlock, you cannot keep leaving your philosophy books open on the floor. I always trip on them in the middle of the night on my way to the can. I can't! But yeah, let's do let's do the final one. Let's do what Justin wanted to talk about, which is Gundam versus Hello Kitty, which basically commemorates their respective anniversaries, Gundam's 40th anniversary and Hello Kitty's 45th anniversary. This this is essentially a series of three like web shorts that ran from March 29th, 2019 to January 15th, 2020. While preparing a tea party, Hello Kitty is contacted by Haro via her television and is asked to rescue Amuro. Kitty's television then shows Amuro's battles from Mobile Suit Gundam, eventually culminating in his despair after accidentally killing Lala Soon. Upon seeing Amuro's sadness, Kitty leaves her house to save him. Hello Kitty would end up intruding into a battle in order to meet Amuro. Initially, Amuro mistakes her to be a new unit from the White Base, or related to Haro, and Hello Kitty offers to have everyone talk their way out instead of fighting. Amuro replies that it's too late to stop the fighting and asks her to stand down and leave, but the pair are attacked by a pair of Zakus and Gilgoogs. Though Amuro destroys the Zakus, the Gelgoog takes a shot at Hello Kitty. To Amuro's surprise, Hello Kitty forms a barrier that protects her from the beam, and her energy engulfs the Gelgoog, rendering it into a miniature, friendly version of itself. Confused and terrified of such power, Amuro attempts to flee from Hello Kitty, who ends up using her powers to transform several other units during her chase. The two eventually form a telepathic bond, where Hello Kitty offers words of encouragement for working together in ending the conflict. A convinced Amuro finally thanks Hello Kitty for giving him hope, and the pair soon return to battle together. And that essentially is... Gundam versus Hello Kitty. This I, was I like... Oh, good. You guys won't throw tomatoes at me for making you watch this, but I thought this was great. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I, yeah. I, no, no tomatoes. I mean, dude, the animation, I mean, yeah, it's 2019, 2020, but 
the animation is like rock fucking solid. Yeah. Like it's super yeah. cool looking and everything. And 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 you know, Hello Kitty looks like Hello Kitty, and the the Gundam stuff looks like right out of uh, you know what is it you know Char the Origin you know episodes. Like it looks that good when it's the the mobile suit stuff and everything. I kind of feel like I had this weird Planet of the Apes moment with this, where I was like, dude, this is the SD Gundam universe. Like, this is where the, the original Gundam universe diverged, and Hello Kitty made everything SD Gundam. So I, my, my, my headcanon now is, at the end of this, when they go off to battle, they, they turn everybody into SD Gundams, and then at the end, Amuro submits and turns into a little chibi Amuro, and then they go on to, like, open up hotels and do all this other shit we talked about in the beginning of this episode. That's my wow. official headcanon with this. Wow. That's great. I buy it. Yeah. Well, this this was like surprisingly heavy. Like, I don't know if like that's the way I want to put it, but like this is like not not heavy, but like it's not like n- neither side compromises in their portrayal. Like Amaro mm. is completely mm. in character. Okay. Like, okay. In, so like I assume like I'm not super familiar with Hello Kitty, but I it seems like she's completely in character too. So like, and I mean like he it for it takes you know. He's paranoid and he's kind of like distrustful of her as well. He should be because a giant freaking cartoon cat <laughs> showed up in the middle of his World War Two analogy. But you know, fucking Mickey Mouse shows up in the middle of World War Two. Yeah, uh-huh, come on, it's time to stop fighting the Nazis, <laughs> yes. guys. Uh-huh. It's like what? Huh? What? Yeah, and it's then cool. like they See, play, I mean, they play I mean, like you know the the sad like Lala music from the movie or whatever when they're like communing or whatever. So it was kind of like weirdly like heavy. I feel like almost like like you, you hear that music and you kind of associate it with like you know Amaro and Lala like talking to each other or whatever. So well, I mean that that's definitely what they were going for with that telepathic you know mind river sequence or whatever. You know, I mean normally. Uh, you know, Lala would be in the spot that Hello Kitty's in. Like, I mean, that's that that's the weight they attribute to Hello Kitty, right? Like that, and and it's interesting too because it's like she sees she sees it on TV, and just like you, she empathizes with Amaro's scenario, right? But then it's funny because she's like she rolls up her sleeves. She's like, I'm going to fix this shit. You know, like she's all, she's like fucking Franklin Richards or something. You know, she's like, I'm just going to zap this shit the way. So it's good and happy and everybody's friends, you know, like fuck this shit. Like fuck this depressing shit. I'm going to fucking fix it. You know? So I don't know. You know, it's like for what it is. I mean, you know, it, 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 I don't know that you could have made a 30 minute piece on it, but for something that's supposed to be celebrating, the anniversaries of both properties. I mean, obviously, th- th- I think this is successful in the sense that, you know, and I'm always going to bring this up as my my premier example, but much like Freddy versus Jason, both parties, I think, were given equal due diligence. You know what I mean? Like, it, it didn't seem like lopsided. It didn't seem like one party was favored over the other. And kind of like Mike says, they, they did not, shy away from accurately portraying both those i mean as far as we know i guess i mean I, I i feel like mike too i don't i don't really know i mean for all i know hello kitty's all fucked up and the hello kitty fans are like this is an atrocity <laughs> but, but i mean as far as, I can canon. Tell, as far as i can tell like this seems pretty straight up for both uh both franchises 
No, I I wanted I would have wanted a scene where like Hello Kitty and like Amuro go see like Shar and like Kitty's like you know is this the guy that's been bothering you like and Amuro's like yep and like she zaps him and he turns in, she, he turns into the, like the Shar in your avatar or whatever yes. Derek yeah. he's like bopping like bopping that that's my headcanon that's what happens after this they all turn into the SD Gundam crew. Uh... When this was announced, I was like, oh, what? Like, Gundam versus Hello Kitty? Like, how how is that going to work? So when this first sh- when the first short was released, I watched it on YouTube. And I was like, okay, that was kind of cute. And then, and then I kind of forgot about it. So I hadn't seen parts two and three until we sat down and watched them for the, this podcast. I don't know. I, I think these are fun and charming. I don't know. I just, I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I was I was a little afraid it was going to be like and uh, and this is no reflection because I haven't read it either but I, I was kind of like I was getting like My Little Pony versus Transformers vibes you know mm. and I was like I wonder if it's going to be like that but this is yeah this is this is short enough that it's not you know I, I don't know it doesn't overstay its welcome right so yeah. it makes it makes it yeah. good like a good taste well, I feel like in that yeah. it's like and I didn't really read it too closely I kind of just flipped through it but it feels like the Transformers were compromised like in favor of the mm-hmm. little like ponies or whatever I but see. this I doesn't see. that doesn't happen that, that, that doesn't happen basically. here okay okay yeah yeah so I guess I don't know you guys got anything else on any of this stuff or woody dis woody dis matindasa all right. Well, if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Mobile Suit Mondays, you can check them out over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes from there. We are on all kinds of streaming. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify and Stitcher Radio, so you can stream our episodes there. If you want to connect with us on social media, we're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we do appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike, you damn civilians. Justin Geese. Justin Geese. Also, when uh, after what do you call Shin scares Kara off, he's like, "I'm so sorry, Stella. I promised I would protect my gender." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh.